My name is Jason Iasatis. This is Outside the Box, my program. Fantastic guest uh, this morning. We've got Dr. Graham Downing on the show again. Uh, Graham joined us at the um, 5G, the Truth um, conference that we held in Devon. Um, I love Graham um, because Graham tells the truth. And uh, I will be looking a little bit fuzzy this morning on the show because I'm in a hotel room. And uh, it's like a bit of an instant facelift, so it's quite nice, actually, I'm noticing. <laughs> so, but this is the new thing we're going to do. It's, um, it's not so crisp this morning, but it's fine. The content is uh, everything. Graham's going to be doing a wonderful presentation for us um, about the truth. And um, I, love, I love Graham's work. I really do. And, um, you know, as you know, I, I talk about this a lot. We stand at a crossroads now, a real crossroads, where people are understanding if you like the net that is coming around them, be it 5G, be it mandatory vaccinations, be it all these kinds of things that are coming slowly creeping in, it's like a boiling frog. And people, you know, it's almost like, it's, it's, we really can't trust the people that are, are in, in control of, of this tremendous power, you know. And our, our planet, as Graham knows, I've said this many times, our planet has become a mental asylum. Sorry, Graham, I should have said hello. Good morning, Graham. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Jason. I'm listening. Carry on. It's really... <laughs> no, Graham, this isn't, you know, I always have a rant at the beginning of my shows, but this is about your presentation. I'm very excited to see it this morning because you're going to be talking about the viruses and stuff. But yeah, just to really say, as people know, I always say, you know, our, our planet has become a mental asylum, it's become normal. So what people need to do now, I believe, Graham, is, is, is tap back into their own power and consciousness urgently, tap back into their own power, their consciousness, but at the same time, be very aware of what's taking that away and what's being detrimental to that. And be very savvy. Know the truth. Know what's happening in the world. And really know the enemy, if you like. I mean, I had Noam Chomsky on my show, and he also talked uh, in a lovely video he did for us. And he said, um, uh, we've got to become very aware of the technology now, which is, in one sense, making us very free, but also, in another sense, it can be used like a surgeon's scalpel, really, to use a doctor's analogy, because you're a doctor. Uh, that can actually hurt us as well as, uh, as heal us. Great crossroads. I'm not going to rant too much. I, w I want you to talk here, and I want to see uh, the great presentation you're doing, uh, Graham. Thanks for joining me, Graham. I, I really appreciate your work you're doing, and we need more people like you who are very stable and sensible and speak the truth and the facts for people to see, not just picking it from here, then, everywhere. So I really appreciate your work, Graham. Thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. And um, what we're going to do today, as, as you said, I suppose it's probably a little bit different from the normal uh, interview, is I'm just going to do a little presentation for you. Normally, this presentation will go over uh, quite a long time, so I'm going to kind of go quick. But the good thing is, is that um, people can just freeze the, the, uh, the pause the video uh, if they see anything they find interesting. And my area, the area that I really deal with, uh, it's funny, as I'm, I'm looking at my window here, and I'm seeing lovely fields here, and someone's walking their dog. <laughs> and I'm thinking of all this stuff we've got to talk about, and it's just the world just carries on as normal. Uh, the area I deal with normally is I'm interested in science, and um, part of my day job, what I do is I'm an expert witness. And um, I like to see things clearly, scientifically, uh, try and, you know, you obviously want things to be honest and transparent. And I try to analyze things from that point of view. Now, what I try to do is give the other side of the point of view, because when you say in healthcare, you're supposed to give a patient all sides of what's going to happen if you're going to do an inter what we call an intervention, whether it be a vaccine, whether it be a drug. You're supposed to say, look, here's the good things and here's the things that are not so good. And then you give them the choice. And what seems to be happening is, and I think probably everyone's aware, is that when you look at the TV, you look at the news, and especially recently with, with vaccine stuff, and we seem to focus a lot on vaccines, not because we're so interested in vaccines, it just it seems this seems to be the place where a lot of skullduggery is going on. People aren't really looking at all the evidence, certainly not in, in the, what we call the mainstream media. So we're, so we're going to kind of give a bit of the other side today. It doesn't mean there's not another side, and people should always speak to their health provider. You know, no one's suggesting that you, you change any way you do your normal healthcare thing, whether you should vaccinate or not. No one's discussing that. We're just saying get all the cards on the table. Look at everything first. So what I'm going to do now is this amazing technology, Jason, is um, I'm just going to share the screen. And um, hopefully you can see something there. Beautiful, yeah. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me, I just got my turmeric drink. So 
I just told you Global Health 2019. I'm going to go really quick, so I apologise that because obviously we haven't got, we're not here as a normal conference. I'm not doing a normal thing, but I'm going to go real quick. So what we're seeing lately is this mass uh, media purge on anyone who wants to talk about anything to do with health that isn't the, on message. And for example, this is a NHS here, which is the um, we have you know a, a, a free point of care healthcare system here largely and they're just saying well you know if you want to work in certain areas now you've got to make sure you're vaccinated uh, for health professionals now we don't have mandatory vaccination here so this is this is pushing the envelope now also um i don't know this woman i don't know if she's done anything particularly bad or not i don't know what she's doing but you, this is the kind of thing you see in anti-vax naturopath removed or had a license pulled, and then you see all these kind of news things Let's move that out of the way. All these kind of news things. Um, oh, measles outbreak. Why do these anti-vax movements persist? Public health emergency declared over, you know, measles in an anti-vax hotspot. Facebook to ban anti-vax. It's going on and on. And there have literally been thousands and thousands of articles and news programs and hit pieces. And the odd one here and there would be normal. But this is a massive effort. And it has the appearance of a coordinated effort. And it's not just here, but it's in the States and around the world. And when you see this type of thing, this has been well established and written about, they, they call it astroturfing. And what it is, is there's a coordinated effort to bring about um, um, news pieces, people call them hit pieces, to convince uh, the public that, that there's a particular message. And in this case, it's to scare people uh, about certain diseases. And it's also to make people uh, dislike anyone who questions the narrative over vaccines right now your business is your business with vaccines this isn't an anti-vax or pro-vax talk it's just saying looking at this and trying to look at it objectively and of course the who came out and said anti-vax movements are a threat you know they're like one of the highest threats in the top 10 which is you know which is based on the evidence that i've seen i think is a ridiculous statement and the who carry on the big bits of profit that's for sure well yeah and the who was found you know wanting badly with the swine flu outbreak even i think it was a british medical journal it could have been the lancet even the editor wrote an, a letter saying that they've lost credibility in the way that they promoted that and said it was a pandemic when it wasn't there were obviously people involved in that that were profiting uh, and so with the who is you know is not looking good in all of this <clears throat> and of course this has been going on specifically from january masses of uh, uh, articles hit pieces and of uh, prior of the last two years as well and you normally see it before they want to bring in some kind of legislation it seems to coincide with that now coincidence well it, it's looking less like a coincidence and in this particular and i'm going to focus on america because i think some important developments are happening there uh, in america there's a few people have exemptions if they don't want to be vaccinated for religious uh, reasons and also for medical reasons um, I think maybe philosophical reasons as well, possibly. But they've stated in certain documents. When I say they, it's the just say the, the pharmaceutical and their uh, their politicians that are working with them. They're stating that they want to remove these last exemptions. They want everybody just vaccinated and just get on with it. Now you may have an opinion on that either way, and the audience may. Let's put that to the side. So this whole combination of all of these hit pieces and, and thousands of articles now brings us to now which is they're now targeting um in they started targeting in, in i think it was rockland county in new york um uh, uh, and a jewish population hasidic jewish population of you know uh, ultra orthodox religious population and it's almost like well what a conspiracy what a, you know what a, well, exactly what a coincidence you know you're you're talking about you want to remove religious exemptions and the people you're targeting are very obviously have a religious bent towards not vaccination not vaccinated and they brought in a ban and said you know if your kid's not vaccinated you can't go into a public space um and there's a big outcry about that maybe not as much of an outcry as you would expect but there was certainly among certain people certain groups there was an outcry now <clears throat> they challenged that legally and overturned that or at least paused it but then they came out with another version and on top of that, very, very shortly in, uh, in certain in part, in parts of Brooklyn, the New York mayor uh, brought out a ban saying, if you're not vaccinated in the next 48 hours, that's anyone over the age of six months, I believe, then you're liable to fines and arrests. Um, now, you know, in other words, you've got to 
you know, and you kind of got to prove you're vaccinated. So you see this coordinated thing going on. Now, it may well be that they have a particular outbreak or not, and they may well need to take measures. Whether vaccine, whether there's proof that, that um, vaccination is going to uh, improve that or not, you, you can debate that. But we're going to kind of look at the other side of the coin here. But anyway, so this is where we're at. But to get to this point, you've had a year or two years of build-up, and certainly this year since January, uh, and to a fever pitch of articles, pushing and pushing, and you see this, and it does look like it's a coordinated uh, event. Now, I'm going to take you back to 2016, and this was a, um, an executive order issued by Obama. This might give us a better idea of what's going on, because I actually don't think the data that's being presented is being uh, presented in a transparent way. I don't think there's any need to quarantine and, and to bring in such extreme measures. Uh, and I'll give you the evidence why in a second. But uh, moving back to 2016, this might give us a reason why this has happened. Um, uh, Obama issued an executive order to what he called advancing global health security agenda to achieve a world safe and secure from infectious disease threats. Now, I'm going to go real quick through this. And basically, what, what, what they were saying was, look, in America, we can't be safe unless the rest of the world is medicated and vaccinated. I mean, that's pretty much what it said. Okay, if you read between the lines. You know, and th they're setting targets and goals and work with other countries so you can get to the point where everybody is well covered and, and vaccinated. And they're going to coordinate with everyone, the WHO, as you've just seen them mention, uh, Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN, uh, Animal Health, uh, Partners Against the Spread of Weapons of Materials and Mass Destruction, and also Interpol, which is the International Criminal Police Organization and other uh, stakeholders. And they basically said they're going to partner with all these different uh, um, governments and um, public-private um, partnerships. And effectively, if you read between the lines, that document says everyone on the planet has got to be vaccinated. That's pretty much what it's about. And I'm going to quickly go through this. They have different action packages. They've got 11 action packages. Okay. They've got antimicrobial resistance action packages. They've got uh, real-time surveillance. They've got it's, uh, every country should have an emergency operations center set up. They should have immunization packages, which is kind of what we're starting to see now. And they said, and here it is in bold and, and for you to see, measles immunization is emphasized here because it is widely recognized as a proxy indicator for overall immunization against what they call vaccine-preventable diseases. So what they've done is... They've said, right, measles is the one that we're going to push, we're going to go for. Okay, and now, isn't it, what, a, what, a, what a, um, a coincidence, two or three years later, we're now seeing that's what they're going for. And they're talking about they need massive coverage for infants of a certain age. Um, and they're saying the measles immunization is really just the indicator in the starting. So we need to go after all these other diseases as well. And they're going to identify ways to leverage countries' immunization priorities in, 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 in regard to what they call Millennium Development Goals and various Gavi Alliance initiatives. Now, Gavi is an organization massively funded by Bill Gates. Maybe your, your viewers know who Bill Gates is. Really, he's the, the engine room behind pushing this vaccine. He's donated, I think, 10 billion into that. And also, this is very important for you, Jason, for me, and for anyone who's an adult, is it's not just kids we're talking about. They're saying, I, I, to ID and dissolve the barriers to vaccination within older age groups and vulnerable populations. This is bringing in adult mandatory vaccination as well. This is what the lead into it is. And the actual order issued by law in New York in those areas by the mayor said, if you're over six months, you have got to be uh, vaccinated. You've got to have, um, or at least prove that your, your, your immune system is able to defend against measles, which basically means you're gonna have to be vaccinated unless you're, under, unless you're over a certain age. Because overwhelmingly people who are vaccinated, the vaccine wears off after a period of time. Those that get the measles infection normally tend to have lifetime, uh, lifelong immunity. <clears throat> so what you're seeing is the beginning of that. And also to make sure that all healthcare workers are vaccinated. So you're now seeing, well, after this document came out, you saw this push to do all this. And uh, there's other stuff to do. I won't go through all of it. Once again, mentioning Bill Melinda Gates. And also, this is the interesting, they want to bring law in with it as well. So you're now seeing the legal side being linked to it. And obviously, that is reflected now in some way with the, the recent orders issued by the mayors. And they're also talking about using, if they've got their Department of Defense influence in a country, to use that. And they also talk about if they've got uh, in-country FBI to use that as well, which is very interesting. And then this was kind of smuggled out of, of a particular meeting showing what the recommended adult immunization schedule is. 
and this is for you and me. So they want us to be forced by law, not just kids, to have the Tdap, um, you know, the MMR and um, the Hep, um, Hep B and Hep A, and have all these vaccines uh, to be given to us by force. Okay, and this is where this is all heading. Now to get back to where we just started. So now, jump two or three years down the line. Now we're focusing on measles, and now we're bringing legal constraints in and uh, you know and by law if you're not vaccinated you can't walk in a public space or you, you're open to arrest or a fine and imprisonment now this is where we're at now also incredibly so the first thing they're targeting jewish people and quarantining jewish people which should send shivers up people's back now if you look at 1955 this is the classic picture of rosa park the uh, african-american woman uh, american woman that was issued, that was ordered to the back of the bus this is everyone knows this this is the, the real pivotal point in the civil rights movement in America so that blacks could have equal rights. And if we look to 2019, a Jewish woman, Hasidic Jewish woman, got on a bus and the driver refused to serve her because they're scaring the, the crap out of people about Jewish people and Hasidic Jews and measles out there, making out that they're all infected with measles when, you know, it's just not the case. Um, and he said to this woman, you know, we'll get to the back of the bus and shouted measles at her. So, I mean, this is just out, you know, I mean, I <laughs> mean, do you know what I mean? It's just insane. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, this was the latest one that I had. It may have moved on a bit since then. If you look at the years at the bottom and number of cases up the side, this was issued by the Centers of Disease Control in America, Disease Control. And 2019, which is now, then it was 465. It might be a little bit above that now. Cases of measles. Now, we're not saying, because with measles, you can get cases identified, then you can get cases confirmed. Overwhelmingly, the, the ability to diagnose measles in the last maybe four or five years, they've, they've, only, got, they've only got it right between five and 12% of the time. So overwhelmingly, the vast majority of cases um, are, are not measles. They just think they're measles. But anyway, regardless, just take this information as it is now. So we've got an emergency now. We have to quarantine people. But if you go back a little bit further to 2014, you had far more cases. Uh, there was no emergency there. Why not? Well, we didn't have the Global Health Security Agenda Act for, for, for one, which came two years later. And that particular outbreak was caused by someone who was fully vaccinated, infecting someone else who was vaccinated. So these are just some facts. Now, Dr. Cunningham wrote in rapid responses to um, the British Medical Journal. So people comment uh, on articles uh, that call them rapid responses. And he was saying, well, look, look, at that time, he said there's only 372 measles cases. And um, in, in, in 218, in 219, 465, but no deaths. And he says, as of March uh, 29th, 2019, he says there's over 228 cases of something called acute flaccid myelitis. And he goes on to talk about, and another 150 cases still under investigation. And he talks about how severely disabling this is, not just like measles is generally a mild infection. Okay, he's saying no. And he said the number of deaths is unknown. And he says there's credible evidence that 75% of those cases of acute flaccid myelitis might result from injections of vaccines and antibiotics. And it's called provocation paralysis. And if you inject an antibiotic or a vaccine, it can get access to the central nervous system and it can cause uh, severe problems like paralysis. He said, well, where's the, where's the outcry on that? Okay, and I'm just gonna give you, I wanna give you an idea of scale because no one's suggesting that, okay, well, if someone dies from an infection, that, that's great. We're not saying that at all. But, you, but people die every year from lots of stuff uh, and things don't get mentioned. No one's making a panic about it. And you need to, when you look epidemiologically or you look from a global point of view and you look, by, you can't have extreme health when no one dies of anything. There are numbers and there are generally quote unquote accepted numbers. It's not nice. No one wants anyone to die of anything, but it just happens. It's part of the reality of life. And if you look, I'm trying to give you an idea of scale and I'm trying to understand why there's a panic because for example, more people die from alcohol per week in America than all the deaths from measles before the vaccines ever came in per year, right? So if you take the amount of deaths per week from alcohol, right, that's more than all the deaths from measles per year prior to the vaccine. So this is an idea to get you an idea of scale here. Now this graph here actually is showing deaths per year. Now that's deaths per year from alcohol in America. And if you look at the second one, that's measles deaths per year pre-vaccine from the UK. It's a little sliver. And the one underneath it is the, uh, the measles deaths per year pre-vaccine in the US. Now, if you look at the scale of that, it's just, now no one's running around crying about alcohol death. You should be panicked. Don't let your kids go near a shop with alcohol and all the rest of it. No one's panicking about that. But the scale is just, it dwarfs anything to do with measles. 
Now, on the top there, this is deaths per week. This is taken from data from the state. Deaths involving pharmaceutical drugs in 2010, which is a lot more now, is the top line going across in red. Then you've got deaths involving uh, opioid analgesics. That's 2014. Then you've got the alcohol-induced deaths, right? Now, that's per week. Now, look at the bottom ones again, the blue arrow, the little blue arrow pointing, or the big blue arrow. There's measles deaths pre-vaccine in the UK. You can't even see it. It's a little slither. And there's measles deaths pre-vaccine in the US uh, per week. Now, when you compare them, it, they, they don't even compare. I mean, the scale is so obviously incredibly far more uh, for the ones on the top in the red. Now, the interesting thing is the first two ones involving the drugs and opioids, they come from the pharmaceutical industry, the same manufacturers uh, that produce the vaccines. Not, not always, but in, in large part. Now, the manufacturers that are killing all those people with those drugs, okay, um, are the same people forcing, bringing in legislation to force people to prevent those deaths on the bottom uh, pre-vaccine. Now, it, I mean, it just doesn't add up. You've got one industry creating death and then forcing you to take another drug that prevents uh, possible death, which, which doesn't even compare to the amount of death from drugs. So I'm trying to give you an idea of scale here, right? There's no panic about, I mean, to some extent, the opioids recently, but no one's really in fear of dying from opioids. No one's really in fear of, of you, you, people are prescribed drugs all the time. You're not panicked about it. But look at the scale of deaths. It's, 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 it's you know, much more vast. Now, this is interesting as well. Appendicitis, everyone knows about appendicitis. Your appendix needs to be taken out. They become inflamed. Uh, now, in the UK, um, there's more than 40,000 hospital admissions. In, sorry, in England, that's not Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland, that's just England. And the mortality rate varies between 0.2 to 0.8%. Okay, that's death. Now, the mortality rate in children could be much higher, okay, and, in, and also in older patients, it can rise much higher. Now, why am I telling you this? Okay, I'm telling you this because there's roughly, I mean, you can look at different stats on this, but you're into the hundreds of deaths per year in England, just England alone from appendicitis. Okay, now, that is four times the deaths than we had from measles pre-vaccine, okay? Now, the point is this. No one's panicking about their kid having appendicitis and dying. No one, um, you know, no one's on the news every day saying, oh, my God, make sure you check your child, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to give you an idea of scale here, okay? They're taking something and they're blowing it out of all proportion. Now... Uh, and no one wants anyone to die. We're not saying that, but we're just talking about scale. And this is, this is the paper published by a PhD nurse. And she was saying, look, we have this concept of herd immunity where 95, 96, 97% of people must be vaccinated in order to protect the herd. Well, she's pointing out that when you remove all the people that don't really respond to the vaccines or can't be responded to the vaccines, she's saying you, you can't get anywhere near that. You've only got 75, nearly 76% left to vaccinate. So that's just one, one example there showing that this herd immunity might not be a reasonable argument. And this was interesting because this was a paper published by Levy. And what he was saying, despite short-term success in eliminating, eliminating the disease, which is measles at this time, long-range projections demonstrate that the proportion of people that are going to be susceptible in the year 2050, if we carry on the way we are with vaccinating, may be greater than in the pre-vaccine era. Now, he's not allowing for a lot of other things that I'm going to show you, but he's saying if you carry on doing the same things, you're not going to end up in a good place. Now, this was a great paper, um, and it's called Subclinical Measles Infections in the Vaccinated Seropositive Individuals in Arctic Greenland. They went into a community that, had, that were what we call measles naive. They never had measles, and they vaccinated them, and they followed them over, over a decade. And what they found out, I'm leaving this on screen so people can see this. Basically, what they found out was this. Within two to four years, two-thirds of these people got infected, all right? Nearly two-thirds. But they had adequate antibody titers because what they do is, and they're doing this in New York now, is they measure your antibodies to measles. And if you're over a certain amount, a certain level, they say you're protected. You've been vaccinated, you're protected. Well, these people had the adequate antibody titers, but they all became infected. Two thirds of them. Now, just under two thirds. Now, this is the kicker, right? These people could infect others, including those that were unvaccinated. And not only that, they did not show any signs or symptoms. Now, what this tells us is this, because what people need to understand, they just say vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. There are symptom blocking vaccines, 
and there are disease transmission blocking vaccines. One blocks the symptoms, yeah, and the other one blocks the transmission of the, of the disease. So in other words, it stops you causing infection to someone else. Measles, we were told, was a, it blocked the symptoms and it also blocked the spread of the infection. But what we're finding out from this paper, no one's talking about this on the news, is in this case, two, nearly two thirds of the people vaccinated were spreading the infection. They didn't show any signs or symptoms and they also had adequate levels of protection. Now this is a major game changer. Okay, now obviously, as we always say, more work should be done. But in this case, obviously they've not done this because it doesn't fit the narrative in the picture that they want. <clears throat> now, if you apply those figures and just extrapolate those figures, at the moment they say between two and 3% are not vaccinated. Right, so if you vaccinate the whole country, let's say you've got 97 to 98% of people vaccinated in the country, and you assumed that all the people that are unvaccinated were spreading this infection. They're not, okay? It just doesn't happen like that. But if you do, then even with the, the figures I've just showed you, if you allow for the fact that not everyone will take the vaccine, it's called primary failure. Not everyone will pick up the vaccine. They vaccinate and it doesn't raise their immune system to a required level for protection. There's a lot of intricacy in that. We won't get into it. If you allow for that as well, and I'm not even allowing for something called secondary, uh, secondary failure, where the vaccine runs out quick. It doesn't last very long. I'm just saying, they vaccinate a bunch of people. It doesn't vaccinate everyone. Um, doesn't, sorry, it doesn't make everyone um, at their immune system to a certain level. They can protect themselves from the disease. And we allow for the, the people that can spread it now that are asymptomatic, like we just said. Therefore, if you get that data in a very simple form, your chance of being infected from someone uh, is 20, nearly 22 to 30, just over 33 times more chance of being infected from someone that's vaccinated compared to someone that's not vaccinated. Right, so when you look at these data, it starts to flip the whole narrative on its head. So therefore, you've got a 95 to a 97% chance of being infected by someone that's vaccinated and maybe a 3 to 5% chance of being infected by someone who's unvaccinated. That's assuming that everybody that's unvaccinated gets infected, which is not the case. And it also doesn't allow for the fact that the vaccine fails over time. Therefore, these figures will be even more favourable uh, for those people that are not uh, vaccinated. Now, the WHO, World Health Organization, according to Miller, um, published a research study uh, comparing what they call measles-susceptible people, which is are not vaccinated, to those that were vaccinated. And what they found was that there were you were 14 times a greater likelihood of being infected by someone that had already been vaccinated compared to not. Now that also uh, that comes out of figure roughly you've got a 93.3 percent chance of being uh, infected by somebody vaccinated. That is nearly comparable to what we just worked out in that other study. Now they're two distinct and different studies. Now this is a complete different picture from what we've been told. So, and when you look at outbreaks. Um, you can see this in some outbreaks. And this one here, 49% of the people that got infected in this outbreak had received the required amount of doses of measles-containing vaccine. So it, this concept that all these unvaccinated people are causing the disease is simply not true. Now, also worryingly so, what happens is when you vaccinate, what you tend to do is you tend to change the ecology of these viruses and bacteria, or when you give antibiotics, you start to select for more dangerous versions. And we're starting to see, and this is way back in 2011, you're starting to see the actual virus drift and change away from the vaccine. Now, uh, measles is generally a mild infection uh, and it can usually be handled well by a healthy child. And we're far more advanced now in how we do things with ill people than we were in the 50s and the 40s and the 30s. Uh, and so basically um, what we've got is we've got this paper demonstrating that the measles virus is starting to drift. Now you don't want that because it can select for a, for a, for a much more, uh, more a stronger or more, more dangerous pathogen. Um, the other problem is this, is when you vaccinate someone, you have something called epitope suppression. What it does is when you vaccinate Jason, there are different strains of viruses, for example, say different strains of a flu virus. When you vaccinate for say two of those strains or four, there might be 200 different strains. It means your body locks into just seeing those strains, okay? It doesn't see the others very well. It starts to blur them out. So what happens is if those others infect you, your body is now almost disabled against fully protecting against those others so you can become ill. Well, this is a terrible scenario that we're possibly setting up for itself because if we cause the vaccine strain to divert from the one we normally recognize in the vaccines, we're now gonna lock the people into protecting against a very limited 
um, uh, vaccine strain or strains, and then you're going to get another one come along, and you're now open to be infected, and probably uh, it will it, it could end up in a very very dangerous um, place, which we don't want. You know, far better just to get the mild infection, and we will get uh, um, uh, we'll get protected for life. And of course, well, wh why would why would we be pushing drugs? Are there any other reasons why they might be pushing drugs? I'm not suggesting that all drugs are bad. We're not saying that at all. And certainly not. I'm not suggesting don't vaccinate. I'm just trying to give you another side here. And the global vaccine market is expected to reach by 2027, you know, 64.5 billion. Okay. Um, now that 64.5 billion, if you start bringing adults on board, is going to go into the trillions. And where there's money, there's problems. And just to show you, it's not just the measles thing. This was just reported later. And they found out that when they looked um, in areas with higher rates of HPV, related cancers, they saw higher rates of, of vaccination with HPV vaccine. So, uh, and you do, you, there's data coming out now, which is very worrying, which is indicating possibly, um, and I've spoken about this already, and I say possibly because more work needs to be done, but it does appear that as they've brought the vaccine, into, vaccine HPV vaccine into different countries, um, then these cancer rates are going up. Now, um, I'm not making that as a definitive statement. I'm saying more work needs to be done, but you do, tend to see things like this. Now, just to show people what you are dealing with with the drug companies, the major vaccine manufacturers, regardless of what product they're doing, whether it's a drug or, 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 or a vaccine, have all been fined for fraud. And I'll describe by people like um, Bobby Kennedy, um, um, a junior, RFK junior, he, he describes them as felons because they've all been fined in court for vast amounts of money. And here's just some examples from 2008 to 2012. GlaxoSmithKline. This produces multiple versions of DTaP, hepatitis, HPV, and rotavirus vaccines. Was fined 750 million US dollars for sales of bad products and 3 billion US dollars for paying doctors and manipulating medical research to promote a drug. Merck, that produces hepatitis, HPV, MMR, uh, pneumococcal, rotavirus, and various cellular chickenpox vaccines, was fined 650 million US dollars for kickbacks and overbilling to medical providers to induce them into prescribing their products. 950 million US dollars for inaccurate and misleading statements regarding safety to increase sales of their product Vioxx. Vioxx, I believe, has been now proved to kill over 100,000 people. And I think that they suspect it might have even killed over half a million people. And they knew about this product and they put it out to market. Pfizer that produces Prevnar 13 uh, vaccine was fined 2.3 billion for deliberately misbranding a product and 14.5 million US dollars for illegally marketing practices. And you see it everywhere. Global Compliance News recently reported on a 2017 study by the EU Commission demonstrating widespread corruption. It concluded that the healthcare sector, this is in Europe, is one of the areas that's particularly vulnerable to corruption. And the results of the study relevant for companies in the healthcare sector were that there was bribery medical service delivery, remains one of the main challenges. Uh, transparent procedures are key in addressing this corruption. And uh, there are attempts to address improper marketing uh, uh, at both the EU and, uh, and national level. And they, they, they identified kind of six main areas, bribery in medical service delivery, procurement corruption, improper marketing, misuse of, of high-level positions, undue reimbursement claims, and fraud and embezzlement of medicines and medical devices. Now, what's not discussed is when you vaccinate en masse, you get a rise in autoimmune disease. And autoimmune disease is off the scale. And they estimate to reach, it's going to reach nearly 100 billion uh, in the US and 160 billion dollars uh, in the EU. This is a massive new market. And there's increasing evidence, as I just said, that vaccines cause autoimmune disease. And this was highlighted in the final report of the Fourth Parliamentary Commission of Inquiry, Depleted Uranium, and originally proposed in 2010 by Schoenfeld and Agman Levin in their papers you can see there. Now, if you look at the cost of autoimmune disease, they absolutely dwarf the cost of cancer, and cancer is absolutely through the roof. And people need to know this, okay? Now, when you vaccinate, what this is getting to now, when you vaccinate and you create autoimmune disease, that's people go on to drugs to suppress the immune system. And when you suppress the immune system, that's not good because you get open to infection. Now, people may have started to hear about this. I'm sure they have. And anyway, we're going to give a couple of slides on it. I think it's very, very important to bring us to this point. When you just willy-nilly prescribe antibiotics and medicine and you massively prescribe, over-prescribe things like vaccines when overwhelmingly they're not needed or there is sufficient doubt as to whether or not your argument's credible enough to, to, to do that, 
you can cause other problems. Now, we see this also in the agricultural world as well, in that what they do is, as we're being overtreated and given stuff to prevent disease, what's happening in inverted commas, they're doing the same with, with crops. They're using massive amounts of fungicides uh, to prevent disease uh, in, in, the, in the actual crops. Now, what this has done, what we've now got, in 2009, a new candida species uh, uh, called Cioris was reported. And it was isolated from the ear canal of a woman in Japan, which is awful. Okay? It doesn't sound very nice. And by 2016, this has been identified in several hundred countries in various regions of the world. Now, a single strain of this, 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 this infection was not spreading around the world. It wasn't just one strain, and nor were many unrelated strains suddenly being recognized. It appeared that distinct strains had emerged nearly simultaneously in four different regions of the world. Now, they proposed a hypothesis was that changes in the environment may have led to its emergence followed by subsequent transmission, mainly in healthcare settings. So if you're talking about hospitals and places like that, this is where you can contract this. Now, it's, it's multi-drug resistant, okay? It causes invasive infections and it's associated with a very, very high mortality. Now, they've been found to have a limp, well, it's not, that's a bit complicated, we'll get into that. But basically, the three major classes of drugs they give to it, antifungals, it's resistant to all three classes. Okay, and the, un the understatement of the year, it says severely limiting treatment options. Now, it can spread from patient to patient in healthcare settings and cause outbreaks such as MS, uh, MRSA. Now, the known risk factors, one of them is going to be immune suppression. Okay, well, that's, so we've just discussed that. Well, you know, why are we vaccinating everything that moves and giving kids tons and tons of vaccines? and creating autoimmune disease. Um, now, things like uh, going into hospitals and having what they call uh, uh, central venous catheters put in, recent surgery, if you've got diabetes, if you're using uh, an antibiotic or if you're using an antifungal, unfungal because you've got a problem on your toe with fungus. Um, and in the United States, it's been observed predominantly amongst patients with extensive exposure to nursing homes and short-term and long-term acute care hospitals and amongst patients who've had invasive lines and tubes. We've talked about that. Now, patients who have received healthcare abroad, especially in countries where it's known transmission, may also be at risk. Now, it's associated with a very, very high mortality. And quote here from Sean Lockhart, PhD, from the Mycotic Diseases branch of the CDC, he says, multi-drug resistance and high associated mortality makes this an emerging global threat. Now, you've not really heard a lot about this, okay? Only you might have heard it from, say, you know, alternative media sites, but not really on the news. And if you listen to Cornelius Clancy, MD, Department of Medicine at the University of Pittsburgh, he says, we are living in an area in which fungal diseases are causing unprecedented damage to animals, plants, and ecosystems. He wrote, the CRA story is another reminder that humans will not be spared from this emerging mycosis. Now, here are the countries that are infected. The, the light blue is single cases, and the dark blue is um, multiple cases. The, the checkered ones are the ones showing where the cases have originated that have infected the U.S., so the dark blue ones you don't want to be in. Now, if you can see right in the middle there is, is, is the UK. I'm going to blow that up for you. It's going to be a bit blurred. Let's just see how bad we are. Look at that, Jason. <laughs> right, we are absolutely right from the bottom of the country to the top, okay? And even into Northern Ireland, it looks like there, uh, have a problem with this. Now, just to reiterate, okay, it is, uh, you can be lucky and you might have one or so of the drugs that works against it or you can be unlucky and none of the drugs work. The mortality rate is being um, conservatively put up to 60, 69%. Yeah, and in some, uh, some cases, it's up, some people reported up to 88% mortality, right? Now, there are other things that, that cause high rates of mortality as well, but that is pretty, pretty high. And if you've got no drugs for it, and it's been spread through uh, the healthcare system, uh, the, and the last thing, well, the only defense you've really got against it is you've got to maintain a healthy immune system. And when you're taking drugs left, right, and center, and you're creating scare, uh, uh, you're scaremongering, and you're creating hysteria over being vaccinated, the diseases which generally are very mild, and you're attempting to have a very extreme view on health, that everybody has got to be vaccinated, everybody's got to take a drug, everybody's got to be controlled and watched, you end up in very, very dangerous situations. Now, this, the, the source of this, has been, as we just said, from the over-treatment of crops, they, they suspect. But the point is, you start to get these things co-interact. You've now got a lethal, a highly lethal infection, which has been spreading in, in, in hospitals, and is certainly uh, a major problem across the world, certainly in this country. 
and but at the same time you're bringing hysteria and you're risking um, suppressing people's immune system and causing issues that might make you more prone to something like this. So that's where I got with that. I wanted to give that just overview. Um, and then maybe we could um, have a chat about that. So anyway, your, what's your, what's your view on that one? Wow. <laughs> that's what you on, a sun, on, a, on a Sunday morning. It's like a great, but like I thought I'm, I'm stood, I've got, you know, well, let me have a quick rant. Okay. What well, my view on it is just, is just it's, it's abominable. It's, it's terrifying. It's everything. And this oh is man, this is too much. This is like a, well, this the question is, but this is the question. Just so I forget this, because I've got so much going on in my brain. Just sorry, sorry, Joe. Is why aren't we talking about that? Yeah, right. not measles, right? This is the point I'm trying to get across. And I've actually showed you data. The data I've just shown you, your GP doesn't know it. Right. Your MP doesn't know it. Your congressman doesn't know it. All they know is. All oh, measles, 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 we're all going to die. And I've just shown you the scale of things. And we're not, and this isn't to play down the fact that if one person dies from something or has, it's awful. But when you look across the world at the multiple billions of people, you will get people die from things. And um, it's, you're never going to stop that. And I haven't even gone into the epidemiology of measles. It cycles. You aren't ever going to remove it. It's always going to be there. Um, you know, and people say, well, someone who's immunocompromised can't be protected. People that are that ill are, are pretty well shielded. And the other problem you've got with that is, is that they're using live attenuated viruses, vaccines anyway, which are going to put those people at risk anyway, vaccinating millions of people. So it kind of nullifies that argument. And I'm just saying you, you have to be reasonable and see all sides. Otherwise, you start to create problems. Right, and these problems will come back to bite you in the backside. And if they do, mate, God help us. And it looks as though we've got one of those problems developing, possibly. God help us. Right. Because. Well, let me just let me just uh, uh, just elaborate pretty quickly on that. Fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, 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 Graham. Amazing, you know. And that's what people need to see. So, thanks for coming on and speaking about this. Just to put a few nuances in here about fear. Generally, like you said, the terrifying thing is, is they're going to make it impossible to escape being vaccinated and this is the trend whether it's with 5g or whether it's internet banking they're closing all the banks they cut off any way of escape like with 5g the other internet options will be will be squashed so you've got no choice but to be vaccinated and i love what you said about the uh, the jewish lady on the bus listen to this everybody my wife's friend louise uh, uh louise her friend went to london her child isn't vaccinated okay for christmas she gets to a, a family's at all family's front door and they said, have you vaccinated your kid yet? She said, no. They said, you're not coming in. Now, listen to that. Okay, now that ties into what you said. But hang on a minute. The truth is the vaccinated uh, ones are actually more of a threat to the unvaccinated one than the unvaccinated ones to the vaccinated group. She had to drive back from London, Graham. Um, they wouldn't let her in. Okay, so there's the xenophobia. Um, okay, I like what you said about coincidence. The word coincidence comes from the word coincide, a coinciding of events. So when these things are playing out, look carefully at what's going on. But that's what I'm saying. They cut off any way of escape. Now, I just want to mention as well about autism and other disorders from, from these things. And I love what you just said about the, um, the C thing. When my own father, who's died now, was in hospital, there was an epidemic called C. diff. You'll know about it as a doctor. Before you, there was a big skull and crossbones on all the, a lot of the, the, the doors on the people who had it, right? Listen to this, Graham. You had to put gowns on, masks on, everything. That was from an over-prescription um, of, um, um, what's it called, the antibiotics. So randomly using antibiotics all the time is stopping the, the old, your own body's immunity to it. And let's get it clear. You just said it, Graham. It's nature's way. There's going to be, there's gonna be um, people dying from measles sometimes. But, if it, you know, I mean, where I live here, they have pox parties. Mm. So they say, hey, has your kid been vaccinated? No. Um, oh, our kid's got measles. Let's have a party. Bring them all over and we can actually spread the measles among them to, so they get it now when they're early and they become immune. I mean, honestly, this vaccination thing's gone, man, I know I'm ranting here, but give me just a minute, right? Um, I had Noam Chomsky on the show. We were talking about ethical compromises. That was the name of the show, right? And he was saying about the overuse of, um, it was actually a fake polio program in Afghanistan. It's a long story, but he said because of that fake program, 100,000 people probably died, you know. So it's always about profit. And, you know, Vandana Shiva, we've done a conference with her about GMOs and everything, um, um, Graham. 
and um, she talked about the profits. And here's the great thing. So you were talking about loads of cancers. You get more cancers from this kind of thing. Guess who's making the money off the cancer? Yippee! The same people who've been doing the vaccinations, just like Monsanto also has got uh, uh, joined with Bayer or one of those people now. So get Monsanto, all the crop that glyphosate gives you cancer, then guess what? Guess who's going to make the money off the cancer when you've got cancer? All the drug companies. This is insanity. But it's about ethical compromises, you see, Graham. When it comes to money, $64 billion is predicted. When you talk about big money, ethically compromises, my father used to say, it takes the battery out of your ethical alarm bell. We've all got an ethical alarm bell. And we're talking about feedback loops down the timeline. We think it's bad, big, big, bad now, Graham. My God, everybody, if we don't, if we don't uh, uh, educate ourselves, and that's thanks for the brilliant slideshow, brilliant slideshow. And it's not only it's not only about um, 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 the problems it's giving your immune system. How about the dulling of consciousness, Graham? That's what worries me so much. It dulls consciousness. It prevents a spiritually spiritual blossoming of humanity. Cutting off. Our, our, our development as human beings, spiritually, mentally, psychologically, as well as physically, you know? It, this is insane, um, um, Graham. Totally insane. We're in big trouble. Thanks to people like you. Thank God you're out there giving these amazing um, slideshows and as a doctor, educating, educating people. You know, and, and I love what we're talking about, the health as well. People's immune systems down anyway because most people are going to Iceland and buying crap to eat, <laughs> right? Right, because they're skint. They haven't got enough money. This system of slavery that we're living in doesn't pay you enough money to actually buy healthy food. Wouldn't it? You know, insanity. And if we we look at the trajectory down the timeline now, we're in such big trouble. We really, really are. And thanks to people like yourself of, to educate people of. of where we're going, the dangers that lie ahead. Mm. And some people say to me, oh, Jason, there's no emergency. Don't worry about it. You know, there is an emergency, a big emergency. And it's an emergency to educate ourselves and become become um, aware of what's going on before it's too late, Graham. You know, and, and we are in big trouble. We need, I mean, we need common sense. Don't we? <clears throat> I mean, you know, um, there are so many areas where we see issues. I'm going to say issues. <laughs> and, you know, one of them is definitely healthcare. Um, thus far, thank God, in this, in this country, we still have a reasonably decent, decent healthcare system, which is usually free at point of care. And um, um, we don't have some of the issues that might, maybe as North America has, uh, regarding where you can actually afford to actually have some stitches. I was watching a program the other day, actually. It was a YouTube program. And it was... Um, young guy and so he had himself and a couple of people from from england on there and they were they were comparing the healthcare systems and he was comparing what it costs in the states just to get a stitch put in and how and actually one of my patients her her one of her relatives lives in america and he actually he was injured in, a, in an accident and he he cancelled it someone's going to call an ambulance he cancelled it and said no he got himself in a taxi um because it cost too much to get an ambulance and then he was having an operation and he did it uh, without sufficient um, uh, painkilling medication uh, or drugs because he couldn't afford to do it. So he literally grit his teeth while they, you know, pulled bits and stuff out of his leg. And, you know, thank God overwhelmingly, we don't have to suffer that. But what's happening now is the freedoms that generally across the board, we can all see this. People are being, um, they're being boxed into a corner about what they can say and do. And, for some part, you know, it, it's correct that people should be checked if they're, you know, causing, uh, you know, causing problems to other people or threatening other. We know that we've had those laws forever, though. We don't need any new laws regarding that. But with regard to what I'm just saying, like vaccines and stuff like that, what's happening now is only one side of the coin is being allowed to be spoken about. Yeah. And there was a, a program on the other, and really my not, whole life doesn't revolve around talking about vaccines. And people may think that because that's what tends to be asked for me to do if I speak to people. Um, I'm interested in, you know, what is evidentiary, what is evidence-based medicine, what, you know, I I'm, you know, and what is fraudulent and obviously try and expose that. So, but the topic at the moment definitely is this vaccine thing. And of course it, it connects across all sort of spheres because the very fundamental freedom you should have is the freedom over control of your body and your thoughts. And what we're seeing now across, uh, across the globe is absolutely an attempt to stamp out freedom to think 
uh, in the way that you want to unless it's done in a prescribed way and of course with that is being is which i've just demonstrated and look at that imagine being in new york and you're happy going to, you know about your business and then someone says right bang get all your kids get down you're 48 hours you need to get these drugs in you uh, imagine if you knew some of the information that i've just shown and i've shown one percent of it and there is a ton of information on the yeah. other side of the coin imagine if you knew that uh, and imagine you know there are people out there that claim massive amounts of injury due to vaccine to their kids and there's a huge battle and pushback against that and there are people well, on both sides that speak about that yep Graham, I was just going to say that the very important thing, as you mentioned anyway, but the very important thing is that the if you look at the profit the companies make, the vaccination companies, and the huge fines they get, it's a quite simple occasion. They're not bothered about it because the fines they get, they can easily afford to pay, right? And But my biggest concern is the mandatory vaccinations, you know. You cannot work, you know, you can't go into public spaces. There'll be a policeman stopping and saying, excuse me, can I see your thing from your vaccine for your vaccination? I mean, honestly, this is the greatest fear. You won't go to work. So, as I said, they're cutting off any route of escape. And, and you know, this freedom of speech thing as well. Look, at, I just did a program on Julian Assange and Chelsea Manning. You know? I mean, look what's happened to them. I mean, they were telling the truth. That helicopter killing all those people and the people laughing, pulling the triggers, pulling the guns. They wrote Reuters journalists down there with them. And what, what we're seeing now is a complete... It's George Orwell, 1984. This is what we're seeing. And, 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 and people are... Are terrified 5g again you spoke about it a lot in our conference uh you know mark Steele, amazing people doing great work so they're giving you they're cutting off any route of escape you see uh graham this is the problem so mm -hmm. unless you have 5g on all your lampposts in your street is coming where i live now then there's no other way you can do it or be on the internet because we're going to cut that route off so the mandatory thing is the, the greatest thing and i wanted this 15 years ago to people i said unless we create something other than what we're being shoved into we're not going to be able to escape, you know. I'm, it's a big, it's a big subject. I know, Graham, and I'm delighted that people like yourself are out there talking about it. Because my God, we're really in big trouble, and people are being frightened to actually say anything now. You know, they're getting swatted off the internet if you say too much. You know, and um, it, it, this is the thing. It's all about fear, fear, fear is well, right. and 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 without and the thing is, you then yourself, you know, you then create the issue, the problem that you fear, literally by being afraid of it. <clears throat> yeah. And so it's a balance. And we were chatting prior to recording, as you said, it's the balance, isn't it? Between you've got the one extreme that people said, oh no, we just ignore it, it'll kind of go away and we'll just create this wonderful world, uh, you know, to simplify. And the other side, they're always going on that doom and gloom. You kind of got to find a balance because you've got to live because it, the trick is in amongst all this, you do have to have an experience of life. You have to live. I mean, I'm looking at incredibly beautiful fields in front of me and, um, you know, and uh, it's Easter Sunday today, and with the kids, we'll have a nice meal. We'll try and do something nice. You've got to have, you do have to have a balance, but you do get a tend, you do tend to have in the back of your head, if you've got any memory of what's gone in historically. Um, I mean, as I've said, I've said many times before, my family originate, part of my family from the East End, and regardless of whatever narrative you believe about war, who calls war, or whatever, Second World War, you know, they suffered tremendously during the war. Uh, and you start to get that feeling of, you know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, that, oh, you know, on the, there's something coming over the hill here and it has to be checked and stopped. And it, but it, unlike with things like the Second World War and stuff like that, and I understand there's many different narratives about that, you were, very, you were at, at a point, you were easily able to see what was happening and you could define it. Well, what we're faced with now is it's coming with a smiling face. It's coming with, we're doing the good. We're doing the greater good for everybody. It's coming with, well, um, uh, trusted officials are telling you, well, no, this is, this is the best science. We need to do this. For example, we need to jab all your kids with X, Y, Z. And if you don't do it, we're going to arrest you. Um, it's coming in a different way. It's not coming in a, in, in a, in a particularly obvious way. Okay. And so the jackboot has got a nice face on it. And I say that because if, we, if the, the documentation that I've shown you and the greater documentation we haven't got time, if all of that's correct, then, then in reality, we probably don't need to have mandatory vaccination. Okay? Uh, there's certainly a strong argument against that. Uh, and if that's the case and you've got officials pushing one side to get it, then you're looking and working with corporations, then you have a very, very bad, you're in a bad place because you're not having transparent, honest you're not having honesty you're not having truth you're not having people who are behaving in a way that's reasonable you're having people are behaving in a way that's working with people that are going to profit 
and that never goes well. And history has shown us that. You know, how many times has history shown us that? And, you know, and it has been stated many, many times, the definition of fascism, which is an over, overused word, is when the, when the government and the corporate interests work together to suppress people's rights. And, you're, and it, what we're now seeing is we're now seeing that, but it's done with a smiling face. It's not done with lining people up. Uh, in Nazi Germany or, or, or you know, or, or Russia and put them up against them or shoot them en masse. It's done in a different way. And some people may find that an extreme argument, but we have to be wary. It's almost like, you know, I liken it to you're on the t t Titanic <laughs> and, you see, and you've got, well, hopefully we're not on the Titanic, but you get the guy, you get two or three guys in the crow's nest. One of them is incredibly paranoid. Everything he sees is, a, is, a, is an iceberg. <laughs> you know, one of them's kind of in the middle and the other one is like, well, you know, he's going to wait so long, he's going to sink the ship. And you're trying to balance the hats. You know, you don't want to be paranoid, but you don't want to wait too long. You're trying to make the right decision because if we are heading, if we are getting warning signs and we are correct, and it's important that we at least talk about this, then we need to stop it. Yeah. And I know that sounds a very obvious thing to say, but we need to stop it, you know, because big government government just doing what it, working in cahoots with corporations and just piling more and more rules on us and more and more laws which absolutely go against the grain of this country i mean we grew up we're of an age when you had freedom relative freedom you could say things and do things you know as long as you weren't actively uh, promoting um you know you know criminal acts against someone you were fine and that's the way it should be and there was a uh, you know, and there was generally uh, a decency in the way people talked to us, generally honour. All of that's gone out the window. Everything is prescribed now about what you can do, what you can't do. And um, it takes away the humanity. You start to become a machine. You come in lockstep with the rules. You become almost like a program. You, can, you stop being human, have an ability. Humans need the ability to, to, have er to make errors, right? As long as they're not malfeasant and malicious, we're not talking about that. But what's happening is it's all being smoothed out now. And with more and more laws coming and more and more things, and it's always hidden behind terrorism. It's always, well, it's because of terrorism. Well, you know, it comes a point, doesn't there, where, you know, you, you far, you, you know, when you're, you know, if you've given away your freedom to protect you against something, then you might as well just give up, give it up because you've lost it, you know? Yeah. And well, I know we were chatting somewhat about it before, but, you know, my point of view is, as you know, uh, Jason, I, I'm not, um, you know, I don't, I'm not an activist or anything. I'm just a normal person who, who reads scientific literature and I have a normal life. And, but from my point of view, it's that we can't lose that thing where we, where we are honest with, honest brokers with each other. Once we lose that, once medicine loses that, once politics loses that, when, you know, there's always going to be skullduggery, you know that. But this is now, to me, when you look at it, it's a, it seems to be en masse across the board that we are being conditioned to you think this way you act this way you do this this way and um that is the reason why i'm alerted because to me and with my roots and my family going all the way back you know i perceive that we are seeing very very strong signs that there's an iceberg in front of us you know and we do need to take action to avoid it otherwise we are going to go down like the titanic well said graham well i, I know we're running out of time as usual with someone like yourself but i want to just state a very obvious truth here and it's a truth that's obvious but and i've written it down so i didn't want to forget it the truth is that uh, it's more in profit is more important than the future of humanity mm. that's the truth right i'm sorry to say it all and it's gotten a momentum it's a shocking truth but it's the truth has become more important you hold, i've said this many times if i hold a gold bar up in in Trafalgar Square and say no one's ever gonna you won't get prosecuted because these people are immune from real prosecution and imprisonment you see uh, the governments and the, and the, the drug companies uh, otherwise they say wouldn't do it right and so so if I hold a gold bar up in Trafalgar Square and say listen what are you prepared to do to, to, to get this off me if you're not going to be prosecuted okay anyone going to spit at me sure loads anyone going to kick me sure loads let's take it to another level I'll put my finger on you. Anyone who cut my finger off with a machete, people will still do it. The ethical compromises when it comes to money and profits are terrifying, terrifying, Graham. And, and, and that is what we're talking about here, is ethical compromises for money and power. And, and there are people, let me tell you, days and years, there are people who are waiting down the timeline who haven't been born yet, who are relying on you, me, Dr. Graham down in now, 
to expose this truth and somehow change this trajectory, like you said about the iceberg, we're in the crows now shouting, there's something wrong, there's something wrong, and everyone's saying, oh, I can't see it, where, 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 don't get on with it. And the funny thing is, they'll even attack you in the crow's nest if you're talking about the truth that they don't want to hear. It's almost like this divide and conquer thing, you know? Some people, you know, David Icke's on my show again soon. He's got a new, a new uh, film out called Renegade. He's talking about these things and he's been alert on people for years and so have we. So look out down the timeline. And, and we've given too much trust to the people, the, the, the drug companies, the presidents, the politicians. They're supposed to be our allies and like our mums and dads that we put our trust in. Please tell us what to do. But they've become our enemies. They have. And if you look at what they're doing, it's like, it's like terrorism. They're terrorizing people. And, and the pro most of all, the profit has become more important than the future of humanity. That is a fact. It's like being on the Titanic, you're right. And they're just saying, don't worry, you know, let's keep the drinks flowing, let's do this. And never mind about what's down there, let's concentrate on what's on here now because we're making money off the passengers on the ship. It's a great analogy. And the captains on board the Titanic of, of humanity, if you look at humanity like a ship, have become psychotic and they're just saying, shut up. Stop the boilers, don't worry about it. <laughs> Maximum profit, right? I know I'm not in the van here. And all the poor people on the ship are going, oh my God, no, we're dying. We've got, you know, we don't. And they're saying, pure mandatory vaccinations, come on, shut up or we'll chuck you overboard. You know what I mean? It's the truth. Listen, I've had enough of it, man. Listen, you're the person on the show tonight, uh, this morning, uh, on a sunny, lovely Easter Sunday, you know. And um, like you said, we've still got to enjoy ourselves with our children, take them out into the beautiful fields mm. and, and look at nature. We are living in a, a utopia, the possibility of a utopian miraculous planet has been turned into a, a mental asylum casino. And we have got to still go into nature and feel that peace and tap back into that peace within ourselves and find that consciousness and joy inside ourselves now as much as we can, Graham, you know, and I know you speak a, a lot about that. We'll speak on another show about finding that piece one day. I know you're doing the AV9, isn't it? Uh, before we go, just tell us what you're doing. Well, the AV10's coming up in um, near Milton Keynes. That's in May, that? May 10th. I think they're actually right. doing a live stream on that. So it, it basically is so popular now, it just sells out straight away. All the day tickets have gone, all the um, um, the, the kind of overnight tickets and people are, who are, are staying for the conference. Uh, staying overnight so that is a, an amazing conference and they're actually doing a lot if you go to if you put in ian r crane c-r-a-n-e c-r-a-n-e ian r crane alternative view and just look for uh, alternative view 10 they're actually selling a live stream ticket to it now i think you can get all the i think it's like five days of speakers or six days of speakers so if people can't make it people come from all over the world australia america to go it's a great because you get to hang out you know everyone hangs yeah. out together you know? it's kind of a really cool place and uh, it's a lovely venue, beautiful venue, beautiful countryside. Well, well, and in terms of what I, you know, unfortunately we have to talk about some of them. I, I'm going to talk about AI, artificial intelligence, which is a whole other discussion. And um, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to project into the future as far as I think I can see about where it's going, where it's going to take us. Um, and I'm going to bring you some truths and some bunch of science, a whole lot of science on this. So you can really anchor it down and understand what's going to happen to the human race in the world. Uh, from my point of view and uh, I'm going to do that and uh, I really would love to touch on more you know not to have to, to say look you know things are not looking good like more positive and more peaceful thing but we do have to get some message across because people do have to kind of stand up and start you know you can't just wish for the world you want you do have to help create it you know and mm. um, otherwise other people are going to create a world you don't want and presently that, that that's going on so that's going to be happening there's going to be some incredible speakers there and uh, I'll think, I usually speak on Saturday evening, but that's going to be live streamed. So that's going to be great. And, and it's a very, I say it's a very, I mean, it's just when I spoke, when we first did these sort of things, it wasn't really, the rooms were busy, but there weren't masses of people. Now these rooms, you can't even stand in them. That's how it's everybody, everybody from all walks of life and professions are represented there. So it's, uh, it'll be great. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you, Graham, for that. And and before before we go, Graham, I just want to also put a shout out to Ian Crane for, for being such a warrior for truth. Thank you, Ian. He spoke with us, didn't he, in, in the conference about 5G. Um, and I also want to put a shout out to the Noakes uh, family who've just uh, got in terrible trouble for showing something about cancer that can cure cancer. I forgot what it's, uh, what it's about, but, but thank you to people like them 
who were actually speaking the truth. And one of the, one of the talks I give is we're magicians with amnesia, just to finally tap on that thing that we've got to tap back into our power now, uh, Graham, and find that find that power within ourselves to change the future because it's it's what we're, what we're going to witness is either a, 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 a heaven or a hell down the timeline. And what we must remember is this us here and now who actually, by our actions now, are creating the future. This, what we've got now, this present current uh, world, reality, is everything from thoughts and actions before it. Mm. So make no mistake, you're a magician, you're a magi, and you can change the future by what you're doing saying now. So for goodness sake, let's do that. Before I go, I've got to show my own book. I've got to show off a bit. And I think the writing's backwards, but it doesn't matter. The emergency transformation of human beings as the solution to the world's problems. And that's what we're talking about here today. And um, I just want to say to you before you go, Graham, I want to say thank you for being you. And I really mean it. You could, you could, like myself, I could be in, picking the olives in Greece now with my family, you know, liners of the trees, swimming every day. I'm here to try and do my bit to help um, a, a, a change of humanity and create a utopia on the planet, which it could be if we only knew what the dip, If someone's looking for outer space, they'd say it's a mental asylum if they could see what's going on. You know, a symbiotic race of beings who doesn't lose money and that. This has become a mental asylum, it's become normal, very dangerous times, okay? But thank you for being you, Dr. Graham Downing. I really appreciate your work so much, and thanks for joining me this Sunday, Easter morning, um, to um, to chat about it. Anything you want to finally say before we go? No, it's great, just be happy, you know, and no matter what happens, just be happy, you know, you keep your, keep your soul happy, you know, and uh, heaven and hell is in your own head, you know, so just um, keep it in the right place. And uh, just do what you can within your own parameters. Don't over, don't try and do what you can't. If you get afraid, back off, cheer yourself up and then get back into the fight. But don't, don't, um, don't obsess, you know, be effective, but don't be paranoid. Thanks, Graham. Thank you all for watching the Outside of the Box tonight. We really appreciate you. Obviously, subscribe to the show. And um, thank you all for being you. Like Graham says, love each other. Really tap back into your own power. and, and, and um, love and, and just enjoy life is so wonderful you know but see reality as well very important okay thank you all for watching appreciate it thanks great bye-bye for now see you.